Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 55, Walking the Rotating Dog. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Tim as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Doing awesome, how about yourself? I'm doing good, we're reaching uh, episode 55, so on the right track, no complaints, everything is going fantastic. Have you had your uh, midlife podcast crisis yet? Oh yeah, yeah, that's the next episode. This one is the in the honeymoon phase, right? <laughs> so gotcha. okay. yeah, getting there. But enough <laughs> about my life dilemmas. Today we're going to talk about your life passion, which is yo-yo. But before we jump too far into that, who is Tim? Um, so um, uh, let's see. I'm 31. I live in Utah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't really like this state. I, uh, I'm an analyst for a government agency, so I just do boring stuff for work. Uh, I try and I'm one of those people that's always tried to like keep in touch with their childhood. You know, their the inner child that we always seem to lose at the more that more and more that we start wearing khakis and things like that to work. So I try to still keep a hold of all the stuff that, you know, makes me happy, even though it's childish, like yo-yoing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing childish about that. Yo-yoing takes a lot of skills, and I'm sure you're going to tell me all about it, because you probably do some stuff that I could not even imagine, and probably the most most of the listeners couldn't even imagine as well. So I cannot wait to actually just dive into it and see. I know you can't show us visually through this podcast, but just picture as he describes it. People just listen and just picture what he's going to tell you. and. <laughs> If not, just go follow him on Instagram. And speaking of which, uh, what is your Instagram? So my Instagram is, so it's my first and last name. It's T-I-M-C-A-R-D-1-9. Perfect. So I'll put that in the description. I know I missed a few episodes where I gave the shout out at the beginning. So I'll put it in the description so you guys can go follow it and look at it while listening to this episode. So yes, we kind of mentioned it a few times already. Your hobby is yo-yo. It's not simply going up and down. You have more complexity to it, right? The the amount of, of complexity that is capable is definitely um, something that is daunting just because it's as complex as you want it to be, you know, so you can make things really simple or if you want to go like full competition, there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind. There's a lot of complexity. You're right. And uh, would you consider yourself just a yo-yoer or a modern day yo-yoer? Because as you see as a title, it's modern yo-yoer. So the reason that we use the term modern yo-yo is because when a lot of people think about like the big yo-yo boom that happened in the 90s, or there was another yo-yo boom that happened in like the 50s and 60s when Duncan started being really popular. They um, So they refer to regular yo-yoing as what we call responsive yo-yoing. So um, you'll see like the old Duncan Raiders or a lot of the old cool plastic yo-yos that you got back in the 90s. You would throw it down. It would sleep for a few, for a little bit, a couple of seconds or like a minute if it was taken care of. And then you could just like tap your finger, like just give it a little tug and it would come right back up the string to you. Um, we refer to modern, modern yo-yoing as unresponsive. So the bearing is a lot wider. So simply tugging on the string no longer provides that response for it to come back. In order to get it to come back, you actually have to bring the yo-yo up onto the string, what we call a, tra a man in a trapeze, just when the yo-yo is on the string. And you actually have to learn a trick called a bind where you're forcing three layers of the string into the gap of the yo-yo in order for it to catch the sides and come back. So, I mean, it makes it a lot more difficult to bring it back to your hand, 
but it opens up a lot of freedom that um, you didn't have before. Um, so that's why we use the term modern yo-yoing because it's really kind of evolved into something a lot more complex. That with the fact that there's actually several different classes. Um, so when you talk about yo-yo competitions now, um, there's five different classes of yo-yo play that are considered in competition. So between both of those factors, uh, modern yo-yoing is pretty much, you know, all the new stuff that's come out in like the last 10 years that was after the big boom when everybody kind of forgot about yo-yo for a while. <laughs> so basically, it's just got a re like a repopularized, like you were saying, it's just popular again. Stuff from the 90s are coming back. And just to clarify something for people who are not familiar with yo-yo is when you put a yo-yo to sleep, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's when it's in continuous rotation without coming back up. So when you think of yo-yo, you just up and down. Well, when you put enough force... It would go into this sleeping mode where it just keeps rotating and does not respond, as Tim said, correct? Yeah, just continuing to spin at the bottom of the string. So that's that's exactly right. I, I, I always got to remind myself that uh, I'm I'm speaking to people that are not familiar <laughs> with the, the common yo-yo nom nomenclature. So <laughs> it's a learning process for everybody. There you go. Um, so this is a weird question, but how long was your longest? Uh, would uh, we call it sleep? Did you have so? Yeah, so what we, because we in modern yo-yoing, um, responsiveness, that action of where the bearing can come back to you, that only happens when your bearing is dirty, meaning that it's not as smooth as it should be. And it can be really bad because if you're doing something that, you know, you're not expecting it to come back to you, we're easiest Least case scenario is it's going to hit you in the hand. Worst case scenario, it's going to hit you somewhere else and they can hurt really bad. Um, so we try and take care of everything and keep everything extremely clean and lubricated just to provide the optimum performance. And so what we'll do is usually we, after we clean bearings and stuff, we'll do spin tests and we'll sit there and, and let it go, like throw it as hard as we can and hold it up to make sure that the string's not hitting either side, not providing any sort of um drag or anything on the response pads on the inside um and time and see how long we can get it to go i think the longest i've had a clean bearing go was seven or eight minutes wow um and that's that that um for some reasons that i'll probably end up getting into later that <laughs> doesn't equate equally to spin time during play for a couple of different factors but you know getting something like that out of a bearing is definitely really satisfying because usually it's pretty good intensive process to keep clean and keep everything functioning as best as we can yeah i, I get i get it like uh if you don't clean it the friction will catch on and then it will just pull back and you do not want to receive that in the head i have a question for that later <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> moving on but actually moving back how did you get introduced to yo-yos so um i a couple of years ago i started working at this company that's actually coming into the news right now for not great reasons, but that's their own that's their own thing. I don't work for this company anymore. So I worked for this company called Wayfair and I was actually going through training and there was a kid in my training class. I say kid, but he's he's my age. He's probably like 25. And he was playing with the yo-yo and he was doing a lot of really, really cool stuff with it. And I had remembered that I had a manager in my previous job that did it, but I never like I never confronted him about it or asked him about it. So when I met this guy, you know, we kind of got to talking during trainings and stuff. 
And I just got interested in it. And I was like, hey, man, do you have one I could borrow, like that I could try? Because, you know, I'd be really interested in learning. He gave me one. I took it home. Um, I failed a lot because, <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned, the the bind earlier, the first thing that you have to learn in order to get it to come back. I, uh, for some reason, just couldn't get it. I And I wanted to throw this yo-yo out the window for probably about a month. And eventually I gave it back to him and I was like, dude, I don't know what it is. I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I'm too frustrated. I can't do it. And I gave it back to him. And then I took a little bit of a break, got my hands on another one. And I was able somehow to pick it up in a day to where I was able to bind and started like that really kind of like ignited a fire to where I was like, okay, well, for some reason I can do this. Let's go on and look at other tutorials and see what else I can learn how to do. And there's always kind of, I guess, a moment, there's an interest. And then like, you really start to love it when you become devoted to it, kind of like playing an instrument. And when I got, when I, it kind of went from just like an interest to something that's like really a hobby. Um, I sent, I know I sent you a link to the video, but there's a documentary um, that National Geographic did um, on who I'm glad to say as a friend now, um, his name's Coffin Nakmar. He owns a company called Oh Yes Yo. Uh, that's kind of like a, uh, a what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Um, like a rebel yo-yo company. They're all, you know, we're all heavily tattooed. We, you know, we all listen to a lot of heavy music and stuff. And he lives in Baltimore. He got uh, a lot of his friends are, you know, deceased because Baltimore is an extremely dangerous gang, uh, area full of a lot of gang activity. And he got teased a lot when he was young because he has a really, really heavy stutter. And for him, when he picked up yo-yo, it gave him a way to get away from his depression and his anger. And the way that he described it was that, you know, they talk about babies as having a security blanket. And he guesses that he just has a security string because when he gets stressed or depressed or angry, he can step away from his life and he can yo-yo. And he knows that for that time, it's just him and the yo-yo and he can clear his mind. And it's kind of like a meditation. So for me, once, you know, once I started really being interested in it and learning it, and I realized that it helped me in other ways, other than just being something that was fun, it helped me channel my depression, it helped me channel my anger and have a really good purpose in my life. That's when it kind of really took off for me. You know, it, it became more of an impact in my life than just a toy. So I feel like wherever you go, you bring your yo-yo around with you just in case. So like if it's a stressful environment or you're just relaxing, let's say you're going somewhere in an airport or you're going on a long trip, road trip, and you just go outside to just release some stress, right? Totally. I mean, um, yo-yo is pretty much like I used to have a really big video game addiction. And uh, I mean, to the point to where like I was doing competitions and my my ex-wife, my now ex-wife, um, like it created a lot of trouble in our relationship because I spent so much time gaming and I don't, I don't game anymore. You know, I, I yo-yo because it gives me, even though it's still just a game, it's a real, I still get some sort of real world payoff. It's not all digital. I, I get people that, uh, that'll see me yo-yo for two minutes and they'll approach me and just start talking to me and be like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, you know, my anxiety, I'm kind of like, uh, hello, I don't know you. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm at the same time, I'm like, it's my it's something that I'm really passionate about. So I'll talk to him. You know, like you said, I carry one everywhere. I don't know how many I have now. I, I'm over 50 under 70. Wow. Um, 
is my guest right now, um, which is why I said that keeping them clean and operational is kind of difficult when you have that many. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a couple that are at work at my desk. I've got one that stays in my car. I've got a bunch of them at home. Um, and I usually have like one on a lanyard that's just like on my pocket, like you would carry your keys. And if I'm waiting too long in line at the grocery store or if I'm bored waiting at a doctor's appointment, what have you, instead of like looking down at my phone and scrolling through Facebook the whole time, I'll usually just whip out a yo-yo and play for a few minutes. Now, you do have them located everywhere. Are they all the same construction type or they're all somewhat a little different? Like, I'm sure colors look different and design, but I mean, the mechanics of them, are they all identical or do you have different ones placed everywhere? I've got a couple that are the same make and model, but... I mean, while they're while I'm primarily an unresponsive yo-yoer, they're all different. And it's that that's why yo-yo is kind of really interesting for me and why I have so many is because so first of all, they're not I mean, you still get you can still get them made out of plastic, polycarbonate, all kinds of different materials. But the standard now um, is 6061 aluminum or a, a couple other grades of aluminum, depending on what the manufacturer uses um, and even titanium. And they're, you know, this, they're an aircraft grade metal and they're milled using CNC machines. So they're very, very, very precise. And so the slightest design difference causes a different feel. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had an experience where, you know, you drive your car and you know how your car feels, but you get into somebody else's car and it's just weird for a few minutes mm -hmm. because it handles differently. The brakes differently sensitive. It's kind of like that because the more rim weight that you have, so more of the weight that's distributed towards the outside rims, um, the longer it will spin and the more stable it will be because there's more weight farther away. It makes it so that it's not as uh, volatile to um, other things moving it. And the closer to the middle it is, it usually will allow for more control and a lot more speed during play, but it won't spin for as long. And so every different little design tweak changes the performance. I've got a couple, um, I've gotten to participate a couple of times with a few companies during their prototyping process. And um, like one of them um, was it was called the Incarnate and I got the prototype and I played it because I was actually uh, so I was making uh, the string for their release, which is a whole different monster. I'll touch on that later. But uh, so I played his prototype and then a couple months later, I got the production run in the mail and they weren't horribly different, but they reduced the weight by, I think it was uh, like 0.25 of a gram or a half a gram. And they played remarkably different. So even just the small amount of room weight that they removed to make it a little bit thinner changed the play. So that's why it's always interesting to get different yo-yos and to look at different companies and look at different shapes and trends because everyone feels just a little bit different. And you get those ones that just feel so right. Like there's we talk about shapes, you know, there's eight shape yo-yos, organics, O's, um, just depending upon what shape profile they follow. And you'll get, you'll fall into a niche and find what profile you like and just, you know, find new stuff that feels different, but goes along with your play style. And it's always really fun to do to find something new that maybe you didn't think you'd like before. It almost sounds like the yo-yo speaks to you as when you're choosing it. On that note, I know this is a really tough question, but do you have one favorite yo-yo? I do have one and it's kind of for a weird reason. <laughs> so the the gentleman I mentioned earlier, Coffin, he uh his company, oh yes, yo, 
So he's released uh I don't I don't have everything in front of me, so I don't this isn't an exact figure, but I think like within the last couple of years, they've done like six or seven releases. Um, and I have a fair amount of them. I'm I pretty much a huge fanboy to to do with their brand. I talk with them a lot and talk with a lot of his team members. But um he has one that he released. It was, I believe, one of the first ones that they did. There were only two of these that existed, and it was called the Echelon. And it was like to people who collected his brand, it was the Holy Grail. You know, we had all pretty much accepted we'd never get our hands on it because there was a team member that owned one and Coffin owned the other. And neither of them were ever going to let them go. So we were just resigned to looking at pictures and imagining what it might be like. I actually uh, I got an invite to a group chat with about 25 other people from Coffin. And he said, you know, you're not allowed to talk about this. This is secret. If you can't keep your mouth shut, leave the chat. And he basically said that, you know, for, um, you know, you guys are the big fanboys. I'm going to do a run of the Echelon in what they call their unholy color, which is like a dark matte purple. Um, He's like, we're going to do a run of unholy Echelons. And we wanted to only do it for you guys because you guys are the big fans. And you guys are awesome. So keep your mouth shut because everybody's going to be clamoring in my Facebook Messenger inbox. Just don't say anything until you have them in hand and then you can do whatever you want. Well, it took a couple of months to get production done because they had to, you know, they had to communicate with the manufacturer. Um, The end cost ended up coming out to um, it was on the higher end. I think it was like one hundred and seventy five per unit, which for his quality of the manufacturing quality that he goes through, the uh, manufacturer he uses, it's worth it. He does not find the cheapest route. He has the best route. And so it was a high end for for an aluminum yo-yo. Usually that's around 70 to 100. 175 is pretty high. And then I'd kind of forgotten about it because it was taking a while. And um (laughs) So I got the chat notification in the group. He's like, hey, you know, stuff's in. It's ready. It's going to ship out. You know, you guys send me your payments and, you know, we'll get everything shipped out. And I had actually, this is about a year and a half ago. I had actually just, um, I had bought a new car a little, uh, like six months beforehand. And I had just been in an accident and actually totaled my car and um, had a bunch of court fees I was going through to sue the other driver. And my savings that I had had, that I had started saving up to pay for the yo-yo were completely depleted. I had tons of family emergencies that came up and I I was just heartbroken, you know, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I really want to participate in this, but this has happened. This has happened. And I just, I don't have the resources and I'm going to, I'm going to fucking cry like a child right now. No, no, go by all means. Do you just feel, sorry, the, feel the, the language, mood. by the way. No, um, no, it's okay. It's but, your uh, podcast. So everybody in the group, in our group chat, one of them, my friend, Josh, he, I think he's the one that started it saying that, and he just said, I'll pitch 25 and people automatically knew what it meant. And within like 10 minutes between people in the, in the group chat that we had put together, they had all put together the money to pay for my, for my echelon and coffin sent it out that week. I had it like a week later and it was just like, one thing that I really love about Yo-Yo too, is our community. Our community is really, really strong. And they're very, they're very big on brotherhood. I don't know how it's happened, but Yo-Yo has like people who are devoted to Yo-Yo are some of the best people I've ever met on this planet. And, you know, they, it's not something I needed, you know, it's not something I needed to have. It's a toy when it boils down to it. 
but they knew it was important to me. They, it was important to them. And we had, you know, virtually, obviously, we had all spent so much time together with each other that, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to all put together and pay for it for me. And so it's, it's really special to me, A, because I love playing it. You know, it's a great yo-yo, B, because I never thought in any measure of the imagination that I would ever have it or that it'd be made again. But C, because, you know, after I went through a really hard time in my life, my friends that I met through the community were there for me and they did something they didn't have to. And that's happened more than once. You know, I, I've i had times where I, I, you know, months after that happened, all of my savings were still depleted and I didn't know how I was going to get my daughter the stuff that I wanted to get her to have, make sure she had a good Christmas. And a bunch of people from our uh, Facebook groups donated together to be able to send us money to be able to make sure she got new clothes and stuff for school for Christmas. And, you know, they've always been there to help me. And that's why I've, um, I'm sure we'll come across this subject later, but I've, I've done a lot to try and give back to the yo-yo community just because of how much they've given to me. So it's, that's the one that's most important to me just because of what it represents, you know? You know what's great? It's great that uh, the yo-yo brings you happiness. And not only that, it brings people together and it creates a community. Like you said, people are very friendly. And it sounds like it's a very close, tight family. And of course, I would do this at the end, but I want to do it now as well. Do you have any shout outs? Anybody you want to thank, uh, want to share their Instagram or Twitter or whatever they wanted to share just to say thank you, show gratitude so they can listen and like, hey, and just continue that family connection. You know, if if I wanted to, if I tried to shout out everybody that's <laughs> just like a, a good, awesome person that deserves it, man, we'd be here all day. Um, but there's really, there's just so many, uh, it sounds so cliche, but all of the people in the community are wonderful. Um, there's several great communities, uh, no, great companies that are within the community. Like I, I've mentioned Coffin a few times there. Anybody associated with his brand um, is absolutely wonderful. There's, it's impossible for me, really, <laughs> as much as I would love to pick specific people. There's just so much. We have just a lot of people that really value the community and really value each other. And it's not about making money or it's not about getting famous. It's not about make, building a huge company and getting recognition. It's about each other and it's about yo-yo. And it's always so funny because the companies that show up that end up being about making money or they end up being about just getting big and getting their name out there, they never succeed because our community makes sure of it. They, they'll straight be like, hey, this guy's doing this. Nobody buy from him. And everybody's going to be like, dude, to heck with you. And they will just totally ghost this company <laughs> and push them out because we're we're not about making money. We're not about getting our names out there. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. There's some guys on the competitive level that are just ridiculous that they are about getting their names out there. And it's for a good reason, but not in a negative connotation. And so you know, the community as a whole is really wonderful. And that's why I've always tried to give back. I, I mean, I don't, I like seeing, I've created a few, um, I've created a Facebook group that, you know, we have a lot of great people on and it's for a mental health awareness kind of group, basically, because we've had people, we've had even people who were very largely well-respected people in the community that lost their fight with depression and ended up committing suicide. And it's always heartbreaking for us to hear about it. 
And we have, um, you know, there's a, a company run um, by, Yo uh, not a company, a foundation run um, by Yo-Yo Factory and Yo-Yo Expert that's called um, Purple Yo-Yo. And they, you know, they take donations and they do fundraisers to raise raise awareness of mental health in the Yo-Yo community, just because um, while, you know, we're a small community worldwide, you know, it's still a big problem. And I, I have a group that I started a, about a year and a half ago that's called Throw Therapy. Just because, like I said, for me, um, throwing or yo-yoing is is very therapeutic and I use it to get away from my problems. And I know that a lot of other people feel the same way. And we have this group uh, throw therapy that's solely I mean, I think it's reached like a little over 300 members, which for our small niche society is um, I'm quite proud of. And it's just a place for all of us to come and talk about our mental health problems and talk about our issues and get you know, get advice and get encouragement from other people that we already see active in the community. But some people like me, you know, you don't want to go talking about your problems in a Facebook group for yo-yoing that's covering, you know, 3000 people worldwide. You don't want to air your dirty laundry when you don't know who's going to be receiving it. And so to have a group dedicated to that, where you know that everybody that's in there that you already see is active in the community online, that they're there because they either struggle with mental health or they want to support you through your struggles. And so I see, you know, there's there's tons of people, like I said, I can't even start naming off names, um, but there's so many great people, even in that community, that when somebody's having a hard time and they post something and, you know, they're struggling, everybody always rallies around them and says, dude, you can do it or you can make it through it or I went through it and this is what I did. And it's just always so great seeing the positivity in our community because we we need it. You know, there's so much there's so much dark stuff that goes on nowadays. So to have a community that's that's just so wholesome, for lack of a better term, and so nice and kind and understanding is just really refreshing and comforting because there's so much negativity out there already. Well, that's why I have you here to just spread the love. And you know what I'm going to also do? You're going to send me all the links for these websites and I'll put it in the description. So at least the people who are listening can go to your community if they're interested in yo-yo and then they can find the right people to help them out, whether it's getting better at playing yo-yo or just the aspect of the yo-yo community and health, but whether it be physical health, mental health, spiritual health, any kind of health, it sounds like it's a great community that has open doors and pushes away any toxic, uh, like toxic people, which is great. Yeah, very much so. And I know one thing that I know he's in the middle of editing before publishing, um, but there's uh, one person I will shout out, you know, I guess, because this will be relevant to the, to people that are interested in what the yo-yo community is like. So he, he goes by Jeremy, Mr. Yo-Yo Thrower on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Um, he lives out in Canada and he actually, he's a school teacher, which I think is awesome. He owns a company called a yo-yo company called Rain City Skills. And so he produces and uh, sells yo-yos outside of Canada. And he's actually writing a book. I don't remember what the what the title he finally settled on was off the top of my head. But he's writing a book about yo-yo from how yo-yos are made, what process we go through to how tricks are made and how competitions work down to what it's like in the community and small sellers, like I mentioned earlier, um, making string for a yo-yo. Um, I started a company a little while back. I no longer operate just because the order volume got way, way too much for me. Uh, and I made handmade custom 
competition yo-yo string. And so um, I'll link you to that Instagram as well. Even though I'm not operating the company anymore, my Instagram's still active. Um, and so I made a lot of really cool yo-yo string that, you know, perform different ways because the string is a lot like the yo-yo. Every little tiny difference makes it work differently. And so um, string is one thing that we obsess over. Um, and so I kind of started a company and I remember I talking to him about his book because he did a part um, of the chapter of the book about boutique companies like the string company that I started, or um, there's several other independent string companies that are doing awesome things in the community. Um, and so he covered all of those topics in his book. I know it hasn't been released yet. I know they're just in editing. So that should be coming out soon. So like if uh, I'll link you to his website as well. So that way, you know, if they eventually see it on his website, they'll be able to grab it, but it won't be there yet, unfortunately. Well, this either it's good news or bad news, but uh, this I'm more recording episode 55. I'm only episode 42 released. So this episode is going to come out in a few months. So maybe by the time this one comes out, the book will come out at the exact same time. So people can go check that out. And that'll be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, up, I'll, I'll message Jeremy after we get done and see where his progress is at. I'm, <laughs> I've been talking to him a lot anyway, because I'm working on a documentation project for him for a lot of our um, YouTubers, because that's another big part of our community. Somebody I will shout out, I guess, because I they do a lot for the community is the people that we have on YouTube. There, you know, there's a channel called Throws and Brews. It's a guy named Thomas Velto that lives out in Philadelphia. He's a really cool guy. Um, he actually just worked with Rain City Skills to produce a yo-yo called the Metalhead, which is very much him because he's a metalhead. Um, but he um, he tirelessly puts up videos on YouTube to review yo-yos and to have conversation topics um, and to help people understand it more. There's um, Dylan Kowalski is a competitor that has a YouTube channel. I think he has over 300 yo-yo related videos from tutorials to reviews. You know, there's another channel called The Thrower's Definitive that does a lot of reviews and stuff like that. And those are always really handy. A lot of really good bits of material to have, especially for new people to understand how things work and how each thing is different. So, and I know their work there, the, the work that they do takes up a lot more time editing videos, which I'm sure, you know, even though you're only doing audio, you understand yourself um, that, you know, it takes a lot of work and they have a lot of passion behind the behind the craft to be able to do that. So, you know, they're definitely standouts in our community just from how much work they put into producing that content. So in that case, it sounds like you have so many people you want to shout out. And I'm going to ask you after the episode just to send me all the links, even if it's like 50,000 of them, just a description of 50,000. As many, whoever, whoever you want to shout out in like the description, we'll put it there. So people listening can go down. We'll put it like an organization or no, you know, I just put it all in there. You guys can click. I want you to look at all of them so you can learn more. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get them all sent over to you and figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now back to you, because this is your day. This is all about you. Uh, I do appreciate the shout outs, but come on, we can't forget about Tim. It's all about Tim. Uh, how many moves have you mastered? That I uh, <laughs> sorry, tough question. There's, there, I think there's a higher number, which is the amount of moves that I've learned or made and then forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> really, yo-yo is really interesting. I mean, a lot of people know, like they think of like the named tricks, right? You know, like you have like the ones that all guys from the old school know is like walk the dog, like you mentioned in the title, or you know, like rock the cradle. 
stuff like that. Um, Yo-Yo is really interesting in the fact that tricks are made and named in order to teach an element or a move or a theory, like a certain function. The trick is there to, sh to showcase and highlight a certain kind of action. And um, similar to like if you were to learn guitar and you're learning all these different chords and the chords are named, but the chord is there to teach you a specific set of notes, right? And once you learn all of the chords, you can start making stuff on your own. You have an understanding of all the tools and the mechanics and you can kind of let loose and start allow the music, start allowing the music to come, you know, from your heart to allow you to make something instead of practicing something else someone else has made. And yo-yo is very similar in the fact that, you know, we'll learn, don't get me wrong, we'll learn a lot of tricks that other people post just because they look really, really cool. Um, but when it comes down to it, the fundamentals, uh, what we call like, a, it's called a sport ladder or a trick ladder. And it's a set of 50 tricks that go in a certain order. Um, and they actually usually do them in competitions, which is pretty cool, where they have to get through the whole sport ladder without messing up, which I, I can't do. So, yeah. Um, You're young. You got time. What's, what's cool is that once you learn all these tricks, you start making them up yourself. You start understanding the mechanics and finding new ways to move things and it's beautiful because you can start doing things that haven't been done before. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, but, you know, start doing things that don't have names and start making stuff up and letting your own creativity develop your own style and how you like to play and what types of moves you like to do. And it really becomes an, an expressive form of art at that point because you're taking the mechanics that you learned and you're using them in new ways, in different ways. And you really see it when you start watching yo-yoers, watching different yo-yoers and breaking apart the tricks that they do. Um, you start seeing that style very vividly. And that's what I love about it is that you develop your own style. And so like, I mean, sure, I'll have times where I'm working on grinding out, getting something down. And I'll be doing the same trick for a couple of hours for a couple of days and it gets tiring. Um, and then we'll try and smooth things out where once we have something down, we want to do it over and over and over again and do it faster and faster, or slower and slower so that we can get it to look as smooth and uniform and intentional as possible. And for lack of a better term, it's like a dance. You know, you're trying to get everything to just flow together and look like it was meant to go from one way to another and not be chopped up into segments. And, you know, then there'll be times where you're literally trying to do things wrong. You're doing things a different way than you've always done them because you're trying to unlock something new. You're trying to do something wrong and be like, oh, that looked cool, even though I did it that way. Let me do that way again. OK, well, now that I know that I can do it that way, what's the next step that I want to go to and what do I want to do now and start trying out different things and you know, if you kind of imagine it like uh, looking at a tree, you know, you start with the one thing, but soon you start adding on to it or changing it a little bit. And you're start you're following a specific path of the branches where you could go a number of different ways and you pick one and you go down that and then it splits off again. And before you know it, you put together, you know, over a couple of weeks, you put together a combo that lasts, you know, 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. And it's all stuff that's fresh. It's all stuff that's new. It's stuff that's you. It's something you created and and you fleshed out to look exactly like that. And it's just really rewarding. So, I mean, I don't know how many things that I've learned and how many things I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> 
a lot. <laughs> we we have a lot of tutorials and stuff on YouTube. We have meets. Um, a lot of times we have a local Facebook group here in Utah. Um, we're actually having a meet. Uh, I think it's today or tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Um, they're doing a meetup at the mall um, where we usually get a lot of play- uh, our players together in the area and go hang out and teach each other new stuff that we've made up. And, you know, so that's a really a loaded question there, but you know, <laughs> it definitely leads to explaining the greater, the greater theory of why yo-yo is so fun is it's not just, you know, learning the same, the same mundane tricks. It's, you know, once you get that, that flow and that understanding, you start to really be able to express yourself artistically. And there's just something special about it. It's a really cool feeling to, you know, just throw on a pair of headphones, go out into nature. That's what I like to do. Some people like staying indoors. I like going out into like, you know, out into the forest and stuff like that. And just, you know, taking a hike and putting on some music and yo-yoing for a couple hours and just being in that moment, that place myself, because it just zones everything else out. And there's the music and the yo-yo. And it's just this weird feeling of like equilibrium where we're both working together and it's it's really calming and it's really beautiful. That's what's helped me a lot with my my depression and anger and stuff like that is having that experience. So it's it's definitely something rewarding to be able to have all those things come together, even though I've forgotten tons of them. <laughs> yeah, it comes in and comes out. It's completely normal. It's as you get older, you learn some new things, you forget some old things. As you get a lot older, you forget a lot more things. <laughs> It's, yeah, I'm, I'm 31 and I'm still scared of hitting 40 because I don't know what else I'm going to forget. But <laughs> You won't forget your yo-yos. You, got, you have that on hand. You have it in every room just in case. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on average, how long does it usually take you to master a move? Because you said you do it a few hours a day for certain moves, but I, how long does it usually take you to master a new move? It'll really depend. Um, you know, I've had times where I wanted to learn something that I saw in somebody's freestyle or I saw a tutorial for. And I'll watch it and somehow I'll catch it in like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. And, you know, and by catch it, I mean, be able to land it routinely. By no means is it like smoothed out or like integrated into anything else. But I'm able to land it. I can remember it um, so that tomorrow I'll be able to still do the trick routinely. And then I can start incorporating it into other stuff. Whereas, um, and I know a lot of people learn this trick faster, but the one trick I wanted to learn when I first really got into it was a trick called Brent Stoll. It's over in like half of a second. (laughs) It's a very, very quick motion, but it's very intricate and very technical. Um, And so it took, I didn't, I think I tried off and on to learn the trick for you know, a couple hours a week. Um, and I wasn't able to actually land it for about a year and a half. Wow. And that would, that's a lot of, a long time. I mean, I know some people, some people have picked that trick up in a couple of days. I know some people are like, Oh, I've been trying it for months and I still can't get it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting little go not try not to go into technical terms. There's a trick or really what we call a destination. That's called a green triangle. trying to explain it without being able to show it to somebody. Basically, if you were imagining the whole, you know, to segment the string in half so that half of it's going horizontal and the other half is hanging off the finger and going vertical down to the floor, a green triangle is basically when you would bring the yo-yo around the back over the top string and back into the string you started on. And it creates a, a 
it creates a triangle. Um, and the reason that it's so interesting is that if you were to drop the string at that point, it would not around the axle. So it's kind of got like an element of danger, you know, kind of if you let go of it or you miss it, it's going to knot and you're going to have to stop your yo-yo, take it apart, pick out knots, and it's a huge pain in the butt. And so this, the trick Brent stole is a way to do it as a whip. So I'm not actually touching the string except for the string to wrap around my finger. But the only thing I'm using is an actual whipping motion to cause all of those things to happen at once. And the green triangles used a lot. I have videos up of it on my Instagram. So if you end up hitting up my Instagram, it's in there. So the green triangle is really a big part. It's one of my favorite parts of yo-yoing because like I, I mentioned it as a destination because there is an infinite amounts of ways to get into a green triangle. Uh, you can, I, I, I think I probably know 30 or 40 different ways to get into a green triangle. And every one of them are slightly different. Some of them are fast, like the Brent Stoll. Some of them are really, really drawn out with a lot of extra steps because ultimately that's what we, we're trying to do is we're trying to do a simple action while making it as involved as possible, kind of like the government, right? We're trying to make things <laughs> as hard as possible. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it and it's really fun. And, you know, Brent Stoll, I saw, and it's just so flashy and it's fast, but it's really cool looking. Uh, but yeah, it, it took forever. <laughs> And just a little bit of fact, the reason that they called it the Brent Stoll was because it was before a national championship. And I forget who the performer was. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but somebody went up and did their freestyle before him. And he ended up using this trick that this kid invented. And he claimed that Brent stole my trick. He went and reported Brent stole my trick. And so ever since then, it's been called Brent Stoll because they said that Brent's trick. <laughs> okay, that's that's a pretty cool little fact. Uh, so yeah, that's a little uh, uh, a lot of new a lot of newcomers in our community. They're always like, "Man, where did that get its name?" And it always somebody that's been around it for a while will eventually come in and speak up. But yeah, it's always a, a little interesting piece of trivia. Well, hopefully, there's never a trick called Tim stole my trick. Just don't don't want to put that's your name. <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah. Um, I, I've got I've got to work up the cojones to to get into competition first. I've been, I've chickened out of going into Utah States for two years now, just because um, I'm afraid of getting on stage in front of hundreds of people. <laughs> Hopefully this fall, I can work up the nerves to go into, to compete in Utah States. There you go. Yeah, take your time. There's no rush. Uh, and if you do go, I saw your videos on Instagram. I have a feeling that, you know what, you're just going to take it. You're just going to take it by storm. You're going to win. <laughs> I have no I doubt. Um, I have no doubt. Uh, but before you take anything by storm or by, I don't know what the expression is, uh, did you ever hurt yourself while playing with your yo-yo? Um, you know, I've nicked the family jewels more times than I'd <laughs> like to admit. So that that's happened um, a few times on camera. And that 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 footage has been archived to never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've had a couple of times where, um, I've had, uh, binds that end up really sloppy and I'll do, um, you know, a bind that goes upwards. So like, you know, we do binds a lot of different ways to be flashy. And sometimes we'll throw we'll end up taking the bind and throwing it up in the air in a certain way so that it binds and then comes back to your hand. But I've had a couple of times where it, it ended up coming back when I didn't think it was. And I've gotten a good couple of black eyes, having it hit my orbit right outside of my eye. Um, I've gotten like I've had. Yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of injuries. There's actually a, going back to oh, yes, yo and coffin. He actually had I don't own one yet because they're kind they're a little rare and I'm trying to get my hands on one. 
he has a yo-yo that he's made um, called the Paradigm Shift. And the Paradigm Shift is known for liking blood um, because <laughs> when it was designed, the outside rim, I, I'm not, not going to say this as a design defect. This is a design feature because if you look at, if you've watched the throw documentary with Coffin, you'll understand that the theory of drawing blood fits with his aesthetic. It uh, the edge is a little. It wasn't rounded enough in design to allow it to be completely smooth. So even after being polished and anodized, if the edge hits comes back and hits your hand just right, it will slice your finger straight open, Ooh. and it will draw and and it will draw blood. There's several people that have posted in our group saying, "Well, you know, Paradigm Shift finally drew blood, and they've got a you know a slash down their finger," and it's it's. It's hilarious because he's done several more runs of the project and he's never changed it. <laughs> it's the forbidden fruit. Exactly. So that's why I say it's more of a design, um, a, a design feature and not a design defect because it's uh, it's definitely something that's part of that yo-yo for it to eventually be thirsty enough to draw blood. But yeah, injuries are not uncommon. They happen all the time. Calluses are a dime a dozen. Everybody goes through you know, callousing and string burns and, you know, ripping off skin off your knuckles. You know, when you're practicing rubbing a string across your fingers for hours a day, or like I've seen uh, my buddy that actually lent me my first yo-yo, his name's Michael. Um, when he was practicing for Utah States and getting his freestyle down to where he could do it with his eyes closed, he was practicing six hours a day. Oof. And people like the current reigning world champion, really, really cool guy. His name's Evan Nagao. He, uh, I think uh, he mentioned somewhere along the lines of like eight, nine, 10 hour days where he would just be sitting there yo-yoing, getting his freestyle to where he can almost do it with his eyes closed. Because once you get up on that stage, you don't want to miss anything because every usually freestyles are choreographed music. So if you end up losing your spot or messing something up, you've got to try and modify your freestyle to get back on pace with the music so that everything lines up. And I really understood Evan's statement about wanting that to happen with his world championship freestyle because it was extremely dependent on the choreography. I'll, I'll shoot you a video of that too because it was really, really, really cool how he did it. Perfect, perfect. But yeah, so it, injuries are, are, are common. So I'll put that link in the description again. So once again, this list, we're up at 200,000. Is that it? Uh, uh, somewhere, somewhere. Along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's perfect. It's perfect. And Just tons of, if you're interested in yo-yo at all and you stumble across this, there's definitely going to be, I'll try and definitely push a good amount of content your way so that people that are interested, they won't have any lack of resources. And people that aren't interested, you guys can just keep scrolling. It's cool. No, 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 no. They don't need to keep scrolling. They need to stop and watch and listen. They need to learn about Tim. Well, <laughs> so you're, sounds, the ma you're the master, man. So <laughs> it sounds very aggressive. Like, hey, listen to this. But uh, no, it's a very interesting conversation. And you can learn a lot from Tim. Uh, I'm sure you've built an immunity. Like when you get hit by the OYO now, you're like, all right, that's fine. Keep going. But uh, to move on a little further. Except for down below. If it's below the belt, you don't. You, you, it, no, no, you, there's no preparing or getting yourself ready for that. It takes you to your knees pretty much every time. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I don't have experience from a yo-yo, <laughs> but I have experience from other things. And I can completely agree with you that you need to take a little moment to reanalyze the situation and realize you're not at your full potential. <laughs> uh, do you have any inspirations? Let's say when you first started yo-yoing, was there like an idol that you looked up to? Like, wow, I want to be like this person. So I mentioned Evan. Um, I mentioned Coffin. Both of them. 
Coffin was a was an inspiration for me mostly on the purpose of yo-yoing and the you know the repercussions afterwards. Don't get me wrong, I totally dig his style. There's a couple of there's a couple of tricks that he does uh that I've watched in some of his freestyles that I'll I'll message him and be like, dude, okay, no, how? Like teach me. <laughs> like I, I need to know. But as far as like style, my big the biggest one that I really liked, I mentioned his name's Evan Nagao. Um, he just, he does a lot of, he does, he has a very interesting flowy style that I really enjoy to where he's able to, in competition terms, so a lot like boxing, you know, boxing gets judged on certain things that cause the, cause the judges to click, they count. So, you know, usually an impact is a point, KOs, I don't know, like 10 points. I don't remember what the point system's like, but yo-yo competition is a lot of the same way where string contacts are clicked as a point. Um, and then, you know, there's other, um, things that get put in, but Evan always had a really flowy style that looked really, really cool. Um, but that clicked well as well. So it, you know, it scored high in competition, which is rare because usually the people that click the highest are like speed tech players that are, they do a lot of the same tricks we do, but somehow through some sort of modern science they do it 10 times faster than us <laughs> their whole goal is to do the most complex string tricks as fast as possible and these speed players are insane um and usually they click higher because they're going faster but evan's tricks he was always able to to really flow and still allow that emotion to come out and let it be easy and smooth and he still clicked well. I mean, he won he won the world championship this year, so he clicks wonderfully. But, you know, he he was a really big impact. He has a signature yo-yo that's out the well there's a couple of them now, but there's the metal version which was the edge and then he did a Delrin and polycarbonate version that was called the wedge and I have both of them. Um, I've, you know, I've got a, a good amount of his signature yo-yos just because I liked his style so much. And I started learning a lot more of his tricks, you know, uh, for me, at least it was kind of an inherent step. You know, if you're going to try and, you know, get closer to his style, you know, use his signature because his signature he made with specific performance aspects in mind to perform a certain way so that it would work the best with his tricks. So I'm like, well, if I want to learn, you know, to be, you know, as flowy as Evan is, then I'm going to get Evan's signature yo-yo because he made it to work the way that his style works. So I've got a couple of his and there's always new players that come out. There's tons of people. There's a gentleman in our group um, he's sponsored by a yo-yo company called Rev Punks. His name's Jonathan Salines, and the man's a straight magician when it comes <laughs> when it comes to slack yo-yo tricks. I, I I like doing a lot of slack tricks too, which is you know just inherently by the word slack when you have parts of the string that don't have any weight on them. They're not holding the weight of the yo-yo. You're holding that, pinching it off with your finger, and you're able to use the slack in different ways to throw it around and perform different maneuvers. Um, he is a slack god as far as I'm concerned. So um, I watch a lot of his stuff too, just to try and, you know, learn a lot of his slack tricks. And through this learning process, what was your biggest challenge when you first started yo-yo? Uh, the biggest challenge for me was understanding that it's a toy and that I'm doing it to have fun and I'm doing it to calm me down. And I would let myself constantly get frustrated when I would fail. And I would sit there and push and push and push. And like, 
there were times I've got a bad shoulder from an accident when I played football in high school and the Brent stole um, when I was really working to try and learn it. It requires a really large arm motion that's very, um, very shoulder heavy. And so I would try it a few times and that motion just hits the bad spot of my shoulder. So after I tried a couple of times, my shoulder is just on fire. And I would get so frustrated because I just wanted to practice the trick and I couldn't. Like I couldn't sit there and grind it out for a couple hours like I could with other things. And so I would get frustrated. My biggest lesson was having to learn to not get frustrated. And when I get scared or frustrated, just to separate myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, step away from it and then come back, take a breather. I, yeah, I do the same thing with podcasting. When I get angry from editing, which I, I'm kidding, I don't get angry as I edit, but uh, anything else uh, like in life, uh, I'm cooking something, I burn myself, I don't keep burning myself. I step back, all right, take a break, and then come back. Make sure the house doesn't burn down, but yeah, it's a whole process that you have to find a balance. Now, is your challenge still the same today or has it changed? It's still a challenge, but it's a lot easier to move past I don't focus on it as much just because I've gotten used to it. I've been, I think it's been like, I've been yo-yoing for about four years now. And so, you know, it's kind of an aspect I've gotten used to. I think my biggest challenge now, just because I'm so busy, one of the things that I try and do is try and revisit one of the tricks I, the tricks I know every day or at least once a week so that that way I don't forget them. Because I'll have times I'll look at old YouTube video, or not old YouTube videos, old Instagram videos, and I'll be like, I like that trick. How do I do it? <laughs> and I'll have to watch myself and relearn it. But uh, nowadays, it's more just trying to keep up with myself, I think, just because between work and, uh, you know, having a family, being able to sit down and spend hours yo-yoing is not always the easiest thing, especially with, you know, a, a back injury that I sustained in that car accident that I mentioned, I, I can't stand in yo-yo for the hours that I could before the accident. So it definitely lowers the amount of time that I end up yo-yoing now, which is kind of heartbreaking to me sometimes. But, you know, I'll, I'll, it'll, I'll look at something and I'll realize like, holy cow, like I didn't yo-yo at all yesterday or today. And I'll make a point to like set aside 20 minutes at the end of my day um, after I put my kid to sleep to sit and throw just because, you know, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose all the muscle memory that I've gained and I don't want to move backwards, but sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. So that, that's my biggest regret now is that I don't yo-yo as much as I want to because of time and physical limitations. But, you know, the, those frustrations definitely aren't there anymore because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hot to go and try and you know, compete on a national level and get my name recognized and do all that stuff. I, I just want to have fun. So, you know, if it's, I'm not trying to learn as fast as I was before. Now it's just trying to maintain what I have and have fun with it and appreciate it. And, you know, still just let it be a positive thing in my life. Yeah, by all means, take your time with it. There's no rush. It's the yo-yo is not going anywhere. It's literally on a string. It's going to just come back to you. Uh, but yep. that was a really bad analogy. Um, but no, no. Uh, but you know, it, it works though. I mean, there are 99% <laughs> where I've got a, a shelf set in my bedroom and 99% of them are right there in my room on my wall. So they're always handy. It's just finding time and taking, setting time apart to do it. Yeah. And where, where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm sorry to hear that you went through all these incidences that made you 
not in the condition that you'd want to be in, but I have a feeling that you're very passionate about this and then you you will end up finding a way to continue enjoying your hobby while not putting too much stress on places where it should be stressful usually. Speaking of which, have you ever stressed yourself out with yo-yo? I'm sure you have with hitting, but anything else? <laughs> I I mean, stressing out like mentally, yeah, like I've just mentioned I've done that, but I mean, I've I pulled a few muscles. Like I said, I've pulled a muscle in my shoulder before trying to learn a couple of tricks, just doing the same motion over and over and over again. It's really easy to hyperextend yourself. As ridiculous as it sounds, I try and make sure that if I'm going to throw for more than like five minutes, I always try and set aside like five minutes to sit and, you know, stretch so that I can, you know, stretch out my back, stretch out my sides and my arms and my shoulders. Um, just so that way, A, it makes it so that I can throw for longer with my with my back issues, but B, it prevents me from, you know, putting myself out there even more to where I can't, you know, I end up injuring myself. So I end up stretching before I yo-yo, but that's part of getting old too, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, no, you're, we're getting older, but we're young at heart. Keep that in mind. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, this one's a little darker question, but what are some misconceptions about people who are yo-yoers? I, I haven't had this like directly directed at myself, but I've heard a lot of people like when it comes up in like dating, like if they're single and it comes up as something that they end up talking about in dating, a lot of girls think that it's extremely childish. They're like, oh, so you're, you still play with kids toys? And they're like, well, I mean, to to, to like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this child's toy cost $130 and it's made out of aircraft grade aluminum, but sure, call it a child's toy. Uh, I've heard some people, you know, get messed with when they date. I've had, I've had coworkers, man, that like, cause I yo-yo a lot at work and it's got people that I work with now. I've kind of all just gotten used to it. They're like, oh, okay, well, it's just him. You know, that's what he does. But when I first started doing it, there were a couple of people that used to like walk around and give me crap about it. Like, like just, oh, you know, like just being, I, I don't even know why that would be something that would be fun to do. But there's always a couple of people that want to razz on people that have weird hobbies. They're jealous. They're jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, there's always going to be somebody that tries to down on you, whatever it is. But there, I've run into a lot of people, too, that, like you said, like, like are jealous. Like I've. I've had a couple of people that are like, man, like, I wish I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could do something that was that cool. I'm like, you can. You just have to try it and not give up on it after a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all it is, is it's just practice, practice, practice. But um, I mean, as far as like really negative connotations to yo-yoing, there's not really anything major. Um, I mean, we have people, certain people that have done some really sketchy or bad stuff in our community. Um, but not that we don't really get any negative connotations outside of our community. Not too much. Well, that's good. Well, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, we live in a day. I could be wrong, but I feel that when people don't understand something, they tend to just criticize it with very minimal information and get this bad image of it. So that's an idea why I created this podcast so people can be more exposed to hobbies. So get rid of those misconceptions you have in your head because they're all fake. You know what? These are good people. They have good hobbies. They're very passionate. It helps them with their mental state, their physical state, and every other state in the United States and around the world. That's what that was a really bad. I'm really bad with these today, but Dude, it's okay. Um, but like, I've got to say, like, there are a lot of positive connotations with yo-yo too. I mean, 
Uh, a lot of the times where I end up yo-yoing in public is at the park because, you know, I'll take my daughter to go play after school and she'll go play and I'll stay, I'll stay there, you know, in the shade and I'll yo-yo just because that's what I do in my spare time. And so um, I'll bring a couple with me, a couple with me, or sometimes if I'm like, we're going to be there for like three hours, I'll bring like 10 with me. And like, I'll just sit there and throw. And like, I get a lot of kids that come up to me and be like, whoa, that's cool. Because, you know, they've, you know, they've all gotten like little yo-yos or they know what a yo-yo is. But the really fun ones, um, they don't happen as much as kids. But when like, I'll get adults, usually guys that are in their 60s and 70s, that'll come up and just start talking to me. And they'll be like, man, I haven't seen somebody play with a yo-yo in at least 40 years. He's like, I used He's like, when I was a kid, we had, you know, tons of them that, you know, we had it made out of wood. And I'm like, oh, you mean like this? Because I have some wooden fixed axle ones that I play with that I really enjoy. I'm like, you mean like this? And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, and, I, and it'll be like I have a couple of like the old Duncan uh, Imperials or the old Duncan Butterflies. And they're like, I haven't seen. He's like, I had this exact same one when I was a kid in the 70s. I'm like, I know that's from the 70s. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> And so like, it'll be so, so like I've had, I had one time where my, my fiance was, uh, was in surgery to get her gallbladder out. And I was out in the waiting room and I'd been there for a couple hours and I was yo-yoing just passing the time. And this, uh, this older guy came and sat down next to me and his wife was in surgery too. And we sat there and talked for probably a good two hours. Cause he talked about how he used to really dig yo-yos when he was a kid. And it was really cool to see somebody playing with it again. And then we talked about, um off-roading stuff because i uh i do a lot of off-roading with my jeep and stuff and he actually used to um do off-road competitions in our area and so i know some of the i know some of the obstacles that he founded like out in the canyons and stuff so we we're talking about that and you know i wouldn't have met him if it wasn't for yo-yo i wouldn't have met him if he didn't have that saying that he hasn't seen in 30 or 40 years to come up and talk to a complete stranger because he's feeling just insanely nostalgic. So I get the positive things related to yo-yo from strangers way more than the negative. And that's one thing that's always so cool is just all the people, at least one, one time, one person, every time I yo-yo in public, I'll get at least one person that comes up and talks to me, if not like a group of 15 kids. So it's, it's really cool. Like this, the, the way that, it brings people back to how they used to have it when they were kids. And that's why we try, we try to be so active in the community. Um, I know there's a company, we usually suggest his uh, first base yo-yo as the first yo-yo that people get because it does responsive and unresponsive and it's cheap and it's awesome. Um, and it's called the first base. The company's called recess and it's run by a guy named Tyler severance. And I watched his old videos. He's been competing since he was like 12 and he's my age um, and he's insanely good. But he, one thing that he does, um, he runs this company called Recess and he goes around in his area and he does performances at elementary schools and then gives away yo-yos to all the kids. And so, you know, he definitely is a big contributor to it, but we're all trying to, you know, show people that, you know, there's still people that enjoy yo-yo. And even though you, don't remember it, but from, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it's still here. And, you know, it's still something that can bring people a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. 
So we're, we're trying to get more people involved in it. And Tyler's doing a great job of it. Uh, Coffin, um, he's doing a nationwide tour, actually. He just did a GoFundMe so that he can go around and stop in a bunch of areas where, you know, people like myself are and do performances for some schools and meet us. Because unfortunately, I've never been to a national contest that he's been to and been able to meet him. So as much as me and him have talked, I've never gotten to meet him. But there's a lot of people that are really trying to go out there and be active and get the community to grow because it still is something that a lot of people love, but a lot of people have forgotten about it just because it's been so long. Well, hopefully I am doing my part by doing this episode, so promoting it, and I have listeners from around the world, so maybe it'll become popular again in different countries. And I, it's, I've always been interested in yo-yos. It's like a magic trick or like somebody dancing. You like in the public, you see, you just want to go up and like, wow. You don't want to like, oh, yeah. you want to just let them be. It's like a zoo. I'm not saying you're an animal, but I'm saying that you're just there and just watching and admiring oh totally it's it's really funny the way that that works sometimes um and you know you'll run you'll run across it outside like yesterday i took my daughter to uh there's a big fair that we had locally with like you know face painting booths all that kind of stuff we went there and there was a booth that i stumbled across that was for laser etching and um i was in the booth next to them and i saw the guy who was operating the booth playing with a little wooden yo-yo and i was like hey man i was like you don't see people playing with yo-yos very often which is something which is funny that that's what came out of my mouth because that's what usually ends up gets getting said to me um i just didn't actually process that um and he's like he's like yeah he's like it's just fun to mess around he's like i don't know how to do anything he's like i just make it go up and down <laughs> he's like we but we you know we do laser engraving on wood and we sell engraved wooden yo-yos so i was just messing around with it. i was like oh well have you seen new ones and he's like a little bit and he's like why are you some like uh like yo-yo aficionado i'm like <laughs> well as it so would seem and i pulled one out of my pocket because of course i had one with me and he's like, oh, dude, that's cool. Like, can you show me some? And I that's started cool. throwing for him. And he's like, holy cow. And I'm like, yeah. It's, and they're like, you're so good. And I'm like, I'm really not. Like, <laughs> in, in, in comparison to the general population, yeah, I'm great. But in comparison <laughs> to most other yo-yoers, huh, no. Like, not even close. So it's it's always cool to see that. And I kind of got to be on both sides of the situation that time. But, yeah, it. It gets brought up. Um, a lot of people still remember it. And there's um, we've got a, a fairly size, a fairly good sized group of players in Africa um, as well. You know, we, we've got people all over the place and they're the kind of head, the leader of their group. His name's Roy. And I've gotten to be pretty darn good friends with him. We did. A, they don't have access to a lot of the same online stores as we do to get good, like high end strings and stuff. And so we did. When I was making yo-yo string, we, a lot of us makers got together and like donated a bunch of handmade string and sent out like five pounds of yo-yo string uh, to these players in Africa to, you know, for them to have some good stuff to play with. And like, I, uh, I have uh, that foundation I was talking about, throw therapy. I have uh, plastic, uh, the little rubber wristbands um, for that, that we got made. And I sent a bunch of them out there too. So yeah, it's always fun to see you know, who we have around the world. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you, you know, as well to, you know, gladly be a part of this was because I'm always, I'm always trying to find ways to not only just share what it's changed for me, but, you know, what it can change for other people. And there's no harm in picking it up and trying it for a couple of days. If it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't make a difference. But 
you know, it might be something that's a giant agent of change for yourself. And, you know, Coffin kind of mentioned mentions this in his documentary that he was in, you know, that they met a group that was called the Bomb Squad and they were all yo-yoers that skateboarded and Coffin's really big into skating. And uh, they went and picked up a couple of cheap yo-yos that day. And he says that, you know, he remembers that day that he got his first yo-yo, even though it was so innocent just to play with, you know, that it was a major turning point in his life. That's and, awesome. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to try it. You know, you're losing, what, five, ten bucks, maybe. But, you know, it definitely could something that be that become an agent of change in your life. And that's what it was for me, at least, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you kind of mentioned this throughout the entire podcast. But just to recap, what would you say? has yo-yoing taught you in life patience man like nothing always goes the way you want it to and as hard as you try as hard as you try and try while there's a lot of free radicals that i am affecting when i'm trying to do something with a yo-yo there's a lot of free radicals that i can't control that are still a part of it like for what like i i always get made for some reason people always want to pop jokes at me when i try and do tricks um, when we're like in a park, if it's slightly windy and I'm like, oh, this is really hard to do right now. And they're like, oh, what's wrong? You can't do it. I'm like, no, I can do it. There's this thing called wind, you fool. And this thing that takes still air in order to whip this string in an exact location three feet away um, that only weighs like a half of a gram. So pardon me if the wind moves it a little that I'm not aware of. Like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, extra circumstances that are going to change how well you're going to be able to do something. And, you know, it's the same way in your life that, you know, no matter what I do and I try and control all the things in my life, my relationship with, with my fiance, my relationship with my daughter, my relationship with friends or coworkers, there's a lot that I can influence, but there's a lot that I can't influence too. And it doesn't benefit me to get mad at the things that I can't influence. Right. And so, you know, I've kind of tried to apply that a lot in my own life. And it's like I said, I, I use the term agent of change, but it's a huge yo-yo <laughs> pun here. It's a huge paradigm shift to be able to, you know, move your mind in a way to where you're only letting the things that you can change bother you um, and not letting those other things bug you because I can either sit there and get mad that I can't whip into a certain trick because of the way the wind's moving, or I can do a different trick that requires the whip to go in the way that the wind is going. And then the wind actually helps me. Right. So like, it's all, it's taught me that it's all about a mental perspective and your approach. And it, I think it, it ends up being a very Zen Buddhist kind of, kind of thought process, but the things that I can't change, I've learned to be like, okay, you upset me, but I can't change it. So if I'm going to get upset, I need to get upset at the things that I need to change because I, I'm just wasting energy getting mad at things that I can't change. Well, it's interesting you say that because I actually made up a turn back in high school for something exactly like that. So when I did a test after I was done, I would always panic trying to figure out, oh, did I do right? Did I do right? Or what, did, what question did I do wrong? And eventually I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to think about it. And I just call it the Swiss. You can't change it. It's done. Exactly. I called it the Swiss approach. In other words, Swiss was neutral during the war. So I just stayed neutral. Yeah. So people are like, oh, how'd you do on your test? I'm like, oh, don't know. I can't control it. So I'm just going to wait until I get the results. And then, then I can take action. But in the meantime, it's a waste of time to panic over something I have no control over. So I'm just going to stay neutral. I either did good or bad. 
staying neutral and then move forward. So I just, when my dad asked me, so how'd it go? I said, Swiss. He was like, okay, he knew exactly what I meant. Now, you mentioned this before, but if you had to just give one good piece, solid advice, what would you give for people who are interested in starting yo-yo? Just try it. I mean, there, there's no risk. Except hitting yourself in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's down the road, man. That's down the road once you kind of attached to it. There you go. Um, but, but like literally there's no, it can be whatever you want it to be really. I mean, I know there's people out there in our community that don't use it to help with anger or depression because they don't struggle with those things to them. It is just a toy and they're still just as passionate about it. And that's wonderful. You know, whatever, whatever floats your goat, like if it has a purpose for you, then that's awesome. But there are so many things that it can do. Um, I especially like whenever I meet kids that obviously have like learning disabilities or, um, you know, they're autistic. Like I've, I, I'll always carry, I buy a couple of cheap yo-yos that I always carry around with me in my bag because if I get a kid that comes up to me and is like really sincerely interested in it, I'll straight give them away. That's nice. Because I want to see. You know, if he if he's seeing it as something as an opportunity, if something that can help him, then I don't want anything to hold him back from accessing that possibility. If he uses that yo-yo for a week and then throws it away and doesn't care about it, no harm, no foul. You know, it was a five dollar piece of plastic. But if he if it becomes something for him, becomes something important, then that's something that just sparks a huge change in somebody's life. And either of those outcomes, I am completely okay with. But, you know, if you want to try it, just try it. I mean, you can pick up, you can go on and like the the one I mentioned earlier, the first base, I recommend for everybody because it is, I still will use, I will still use mine. I still play with it. Even though I've got yo's at $170, I'll still play with my first base because it's fun. It performs extremely well, but it's great for beginners. It's 20 bucks. You can go, you can get it on Amazon. You can get a, um, you know, a Magic Yo-Yo N12, which is another big beginner yo-yo we suggest. You can get it on Amazon for 12 bucks. Go out and, you know, if it's something you're even slightly interested in or you were interested before, give it a shot. What do you have to lose? 10 bucks? whoop do you do That's like three <laughs> cups of coffee if you go to Starbucks. Like, give it a shot. And if you don't like it, pass it on to somebody else and maybe they'll catch the bug. But if it's something that you enjoyed before and something you want to try again, give it a shot. There's You literally have nothing to lose. But um, I know that there's a ratio of people out there that when they try it for the first time, they will instantly feel a purpose for it. They will instantly feel a connection to it. And that sounds kind of audacious and grand for something that's such a, a such a simple toy. But it, it's more it's not just about the toy. It's about like it's its ability to help you separate from your own life for just a little bit and give it a shot. It's fun. It's goofy. Even if it just becomes something that sits on your desk that you pick up every once in a while when you're bored, let it be that. Let it be something that's there for you and give it a shot. Yeah, I had a guest on a few episodes ago who did Rubik's Cube, which is kind of like the same field where you just pick it up and some people may see it as a child's toy, but it's not. It's it can have so many more connections as yo-yo does. And that's a fantastic thing. Now we touched on this multiple times, but we're going to go back to it anyways. Um, Do you have any social media links that you would like to share? Just to recap. Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Um, My Facebook name is Tim Ryan card, but you know, it's not all yo-yo. It's, it's yo-yo, my personal stuff, goofy stuff that I share. 
Um, I'm on Reddit. We have a Reddit community as well that um, is called r slash throwers. Um, that is a wonderful community. Um, I'm on Reddit as well. I post there every once in a while. Um, we have several Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group called Yo-Yo BST and Talk. BST stands for Buy, Sell, and Trade. Because other than just having conversations, we obviously will sell things and, you know, trade different stuff. You know, like I mentioned a couple of YouTube channels already. Um, I'll make sure to throw you the links for all that stuff to include. You know, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name I already gave you. I'll send you the link as well. My old string company was called Lady Luck Yo-Yo String. My website's still up, but I'm on, you know, all my stuff's hosted on Instagram. So I've got all kinds of cool pictures that are there. Yeah, there's we're all over the place. Um, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of content on YouTube. Because like I said, um, I mentioned this briefly, but there's five types of uh, competitive yo-yo. There's what I do, unresponsive, which is called 1A. Um, there's 2A, which is, I, I have a hard problem with the, res- with the responsive ones just because I don't touch them very much. Um, if I remember right, 2A is responsive yo-yoing, 3A is double unresponsive, double responsive. So they use two yo-yos, they'll do looping and, you know, they do two yo-yos at once. Uh, 4A is, no, so sorry, 2A is two unresponsives. So they'll do two of my yo-yos at once, one on each hand. Hell no. <laughs> I've tried it. I won't again. 4A is called um, off-string yo-yoing. They use a, a yo-yo that's a little bit larger and they're usually plastic because um, the yo-yo while being the string while being connected to your hand is no longer connected to the yo-yo. So what they do is they'll throw it upwards in the air and then pull the string out. And then as it falls down, they'll catch it back on the string and it allows them to do a lot of different tricks because the string is no longer attached to the yo-yo. And then in the exact opposite of that, there's 5A, which uses the same kind of yo-yos that I use but it's called freehand, which is um, they use a counterweight, which is usually uh, got started by Duncan as a six-sided dice that has a hole drilled through it. And what they do is they put the finger loop on the dice instead of on their hand. And then you hold it in between two of your fingers. So I could still do all the normal tricks that I do now. But then what I can do is let go of the dice and have the other end of the string that's usually attached to my hand go around and go a different way or spin around in a different direction or and it opens up a whole bunch of new mechanics of stuff that you can't do with it attached to your finger obviously um, another one no i'm not good at it i can do a couple of tricks but 5a no way is my forte but if you go on youtube any of this stuff interests you and you just want to look at it and just drool for a little bit like i do is you can go onto youtube and simply just uh search for like Yo-Yo 5A or Yo-Yo 1A or Yo-Yo World Compi- uh, uh, World Champion. And you'll see, um, you know, videos by like Zach Gormley, who won two years ago. He was a world champion for 1A. He actually lives here in Utah. He's a BYU student. Really cool guy. I've gotten to meet him a few times. And then, you know, the new one uh, that I mentioned, Evan Nagao, he was the new world champion. Um, it's cool to just go on there and watch those guys. Even if you don't know about Yo-Yoing, they're crazy. They're magicians. I don't know how they do it. It's so involved. I think that they're able to like slow down time somehow. <laughs> Witchcraft. Yeah, exactly. Or they're X-Men. You know, they're quick <laughs> yeah, exactly. silver. They're slowing everything down. It's really cool to watch. They're great to just go and just ogle at. So that's, you know, even if you don't get into doing it, go watch them because they're they're freaking magicians, man. Um, there's a, a 5A player, Jake Elliott. Um, so he won first place in worlds 2015 for 5a the one with the counterweight 
and that that guy is just he's he's insane so it's even if you get bored go watch a couple of freestyles check it out it's really fun to watch it's entertaining and you will not be bored while you watch that i guarantee it uh, oh no dude i'm not <laughs> bored when i watch it and i can't do half the stuff they do like that's why i said like in comparison to other yo-yoers i'm nothing you know i'm 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 a small fry but these guys that like are out there like doing high-end competition their mastery of the skill is um very very respectable they're and I know it's weird for them. Like Zach Gormley said once, he's like, you guys, I'm just, I'm a kid. Like I'm just a college student, but to us, like he's a celebrity dude. He gets paid to fly around the world and play with yo-yos. I would kill for that, but you know, he does it and he does it good. And he's, they're like celebrities to us, but they're just normal people, which is really cool. But you know, the amount of dedication that they have to it is awe-inspiring. Just to wrap things up, the final question is a tough one. I guarantee you got to be prepared for this. Do you have any questions for me about yo-yos? <laughs> it's not that tough. I know, like, we had some discussion before this call, you know, over the last few weeks, obviously. And, you know, I had you watch that uh, doc- that short documentary and stuff uh, just to kind of get into get into our heads a little bit and have a little bit of a deeper understanding. But when it first came up as as a thought, like, you know, modern yo-yo players or modern competitive yo-yo other than just the competition aspect what went through your head what did you think about it how did you feel about it what what intrigued you and what did you already know or have a grasp on oh what did i know well i used to play yo-yo when i was a kid i was loved it i didn't do i learned probably three or four tricks i wasn't good i didn't have the knowledge that Yo-yos came in different styles. It was I was a kid, so I thought I was like one, and some of them had like little metal balls in it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Some lit up, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I was really heavily focused on walking the dog. That's why it was so easy to name this uh, walking the rotating dog. And I feel like it's a pretty basic trick that everybody learns at the beginning. So why not just throw it in the title? Um, growing up, I learned that wow, thanks to YouTube, that there you could do so many more things with yo-yos and. Sometimes I had to put like put the speed at like 0.5 just to uh-huh. just to see the complexity of the tricks and seeing how the hand-eye coordination and the dexterity just comes so well together and is flowing so well that uh, I said to myself, if I'd put practice, I could probably achieve half of that or not even half a quarter with a lot of practice. But I'm always amazed. I never. I'm never bored while watching. It's like a magic trick. You try to figure it out. I'm like, okay. And I'm always interested in the aerodynamics of it. Like, all right, how is it going to flow like that? How is it going to get impact? How is it going to land? Is it going to be long enough? Oh, is he going to catch it on time? Or is she going to catch it on time? I just love the dynamics of yo-yos and the possibilities. Just when you think that, okay, all the moves have been created. Somebody comes out with the new one. You're like, oh, okay. Well, there goes my conception of everything. So, yeah. That, that's that's what I thought, think about yo-yo. Like, there's always something new and it's always interesting. And the speed is incredible. You always think they're going to drop it. It's like, no, no, I caught it. Don't worry, I got this. <laughs> I, made you, I made you think I was going to drop it. And, and <laughs> I, I had to kind of, I'm not going to lie. I know I'm really talkative today, but um, I uh, I had to laugh when you mentioned walking the dog in the title of the, of the episode because walking the dog kind of holds a lot of controversy in our groups because when you spend that much money on a yo-yo, um, keeping it as close to mint condition is usually the desire. I am not of that school of thought. Coffin has ruined me for that. Coffin's kind of, uh, 
mantra is to ding everything, to not, don't worry about keeping it perfect, enjoy it. If you ding it or you put a scratch onto it, that's something that's unique to your experience and your bond with it. You know, don't keep it mint condition, play it, have fun with it. And so walking the dog is kind of a, a no-no to a lot of people um, when it comes to expensive yo-yos. <laughs> but it's always funny because um, I've taken I've taken videos before where I'll get a brand new a brand new mint yo-yo out of the box, and everybody's like, "Oh man, it's so sick! Like I wanted that color, blah blah blah." And I'll take a video and I'll go outside and I'll walk the dog with it. <laughs> and they're like, "No, what are you doing?" And I'm like, I broke its cherry. It's dinged. I don't have to worry about it now. I can take it wherever I want and not sweat about ruining it. It's like getting a new phone. Exactly. And it's uh, it's kind of funny because uh, titanium yo-yos, they're quite more pricey. They're up to like the $300 range. Whenever somebody pulls a, a titanium yo-yo, everybody will uh, either say, put it back in its case to keep it nice, or they'll start saying, spark it, spark it. Because if you walk the dog on cement, with a titanium yo-yo, it actually throws sparks. That's cool. Out in the direction that it's spinning, so it's pretty cool to see. And some people, they're like, they'll spark it every time they get in the rain. the The outside ring is just like scraped to heck, and just because they spark it whenever they can. Um, and then there's people that just cry when they see people <laughs> do it. It's like that's a three hundred fifty dollar yo-yo. What are you doing? So yeah, it's a controversial subject. So I thought it was very, uh, uh, very rooted in yo-yo culture in the past but also very rooted in modern yo-yo as well <laughs> well you know what if for people who do want to walk the dog but do not want to ruin their yo-yo you could do it on a pillow or a very soft blanket or on your bed carpet, so, a carpet exactly carpet <laughs> linoleum is always good you know so yeah, yeah i do it every once. if a kid asks me to walk the dog and i'm on cement I, i'm gonna walk the dog all my yo-yos have dings i don't think i have any that are mint condition they've all been dinged because i don't plan on ever selling them so I'm not worried about resale value. So I'll walk, dude, if a kid asks me to walk the dog, I'm going to walk the dog. Yeah. Yeah. The dog needs to go walk. He needs to do his business. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on and sh sharing everything that was on your mind about yo-yo. It was amazing. Uh, there's a lot of technical terms that sometimes I took me a little bit to learn, but I'm sure people listening to this will catch on because you can go back, listen to it over and over again. This is live for me, so I am learning on the way. Tim was very informative, very descriptive, so it was great. So I've learned a lot more, like the walking dog thing. That was pretty cool that I did not know it was a no-no, but it's a yes-yes for some people. So whatever exactly, you... <laughs> exactly. It's a very, it's a very controversial subject. Um, and just like you said, to anybody that, you know, ends up listening, it, uh, if you have questions about something we talked about or, you know, you want to learn more, you want to ask questions or you just want to talk about it, whatever, hit me up, you know, hit me up on Instagram, wherever, Reddit, I'll provide him with the links to put those here in the description and ask questions. I'm not going to shy away from talking to anybody about yo-yo as, as you, I know you can tell that I'm, I'm very talkative, um, especially when it comes to something like this. So you know, I'm, I'm always down to talk to somebody. So if anybody ever wants to send me a message or ask some questions or whatever, I'm always open to talk. Tim is an open door and he said everything I need to say to end this episode, except for uh, if you'd like to be on this show, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, like Tim said many times, if you know somebody that's going through a hard time and needs to find an outlet, 
yo-yo might be the thing for them as it worked for tim it helped him with his anger and his de depression and it can help other people as well so never shy away even if it looks like it's a kid's toy it can have some real life benefits for adults so like yourself if you're an adult listening if you're a kid going through this as well yo-yos can be a thing for you if you're a 70 year old 80 90 2000 year old uh, that's not possible but it can be beneficial for anybody so yeah once again all the information will be in the description below. All of the links will be in the description below. Tim is an open door. He'll be able to talk to you, answer any questions you have. And until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.